And so when I looked at my situation, I let the math tell me the story, because what a lot of people do is they let their emotions tell the story. I decided to let the math tell the story. And so here's what I decided. I said, because I asked the same questions that many of you asked. I said, should I invest or should I pay off all my debt first? Do you feel like you were meant to live a life of financial abundance? Like you know your money is supposed to work harder for you than you work for it? Maybe you heard about the stock market and the new millionaires being created and wonder why not me? Maybe you want to invest in the stock market, but you don't know where to start. Maybe you have a 401k or an IRA, but you want to enjoy your money now, not just in retirement. Maybe you already had some success in the stock market, but you want to take it to the next level. Working for somebody else and watching free YouTube videos will only get you so far. To truly be financially free, it takes a strategic game plan, an investor's mindset, and a willingness to take calculated risks. When you're ready to get out of the rat race and onto the fast track, join us here where we break down how to manage money, how to navigate the stock and options market, and how to approach investing with the right mindset. I'm Jason Brown, stock market coach and options trader, and this is the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. Hey, what's up, traders? Welcome to the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, stock market coach and options trader, Jason Brown. And in this episode, I want to break down an important discussion that we always seem to get, whether it's an email, over the phone, um, or even an instant messenger or direct message on Instagram. And the conversation and the question at hand is, if I'm in debt, should I invest first or should I pay off my debt? So that's what we're going to unpack here today. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do because, you know, quite frankly, there's so many situations, there's so many circumstances surrounding debt. Should you pay it off? Should you not? Should you invest first? That there is no one size answer fits all. So what I'm going to do is share with you the position I was in and what I decided to do and why. And then we also share with you a quote that when I heard it at the time, initially it didn't make sense. But after going through my situation, it made total sense and it made exact sense um, based on what I did to get out of my situation. So what was the situation that I was in? Let's unpack that first. I was probably in a situation where most Americans or, or just most people in the world at some point in their life find themselves. I was just a, a young guy, had a car, had an apartment, and I had a bunch of credit card debt. I had at one point a bunch of student loan debt, and I had a payment on my car, so technically that was debt. And I just had mounds of debt that was attached to me, yet I wasn't making enough money to pay off this debt. And so I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget. I was, I was reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Some of you probably heard of it by Robert Kiyosaki. If you haven't heard of it, I think it's a really good book. I actually like the audio version of it because it's funny to hear like the reader's voice and how he enunciates things and expresses himself. But one of the things I read in that book or heard in that book, I should say, was if you want to get out of debt, you need to take on more debt. Now, to somebody that's in debt and their head is buried in it, it probably doesn't quite make sense. If I want to get out of debt, I need to take on more debt. Like, why would I do that? 
Well, I think first thing to, to understand is that there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. So most people have bad debt. What is bad debt? Bad debt is just basically consumer debt. It's debt that does not produce any income. So it's 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 debt on depreciating doodads like a car, a chain, a watch, a you know, credit card, vacation. You know, things that depreciate the memory fades after the vacation is over, but you're still left paying for that weekend for the next six months, 12 months, whatever the case may be. That's typically bad debt. And so what is good debt? Good debt is anything that actually is going towards asset purchasing, towards generating income. For example, if you own a grocery store in your delivery truck that delivers all your groceries to stock your shelves, if you pay for that with a net 30 account, meaning you pay for it on credit and you're going to pay them in 30 days, or you put that on a charge card or a take out some type of, what do they call it? Line of credit to pay for those assets that you eventually plan to sell and keep your grocery store open. And that helps you actually generate profit. That is good debt. Taking out debt for an investment property where somebody else is technically going to pay the mortgage note down and perhaps you get a little bit of a drip or a little bit of a profit every single month. That's good debt. So that's the difference between bad debt and good debt. And so I think when Rich Dad Poor Dad said, if you want to get out of debt, take on more debt, he's basically saying you already took on this debt that doesn't pay you anything. Why not take on some more debt to get out of debt. So let me let me break down my situation. Let me dive into that to maybe give you a little bit more insight on what he means, or at least what I took from that and also what I did from that. Because when I initially heard it, I didn't understand it. But then after I started to take action, I was like, it just totally makes sense. So I looked at my situation and I said, I um, I make, depending on whatever I made, but forget about how much I made. Let's talk about how much in debt I was. I think I owed thirty or forty thousand, something like that, in student loan debt. Now, mind you, um, this is there was a transition between the time where I took out student loan and put it in the stock market, made a hundred thousand, and then there was also a period where I had student loans because I never paid the money back. All right, so it's like, oh, I'll take out more money, put more in the stock market, and, and eventually just never even paid them back, which was. Um, horrible, horrible money management in my younger days. But thank goodness that's all behind us. But the point is, at one point I had something like thirty or forty thousand dollars in student loan debt. So I'm like, okay, I got this thirty and forty thousand dollars in student loan debt. Then I had a car payment. Then I had like maybe three or four credit cards that I had just somehow racked up money, clothes, furniture, all, all kind of stuff at some point in my life. Probably had about twenty thousand dollars in 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 credit card debt. So you take the student loan debt, which is like forty. You take the credit card debt, which is like another twenty thousand. There was a period in my life where I owed uh, the IRS some money, so I think I owed them thirty thousand dollars or something. So I mean, you're talking anywhere from forty thousand just for student loans, thirty to forty thousand student loans to tackle another twenty to thirty for consumer debt, tackling another. Twenty to thirty thousand that I owed the well, I know it was more than thirty thousand, but about thirty thousand plus that I owed the government. I'm just giving you spitball numbers, around numbers. You're talking about like ninety thousand dollars in debt. Now, if you are a doctor, a lawyer, a, a dentist, anyone who has like a quarter million dollars in student loans, you're probably like 
$90,000. That's not that much. I had 250, 300, half a million um, in debt. And maybe you came out from being a lawyer and opened your own practice or came out from being a doctor, tried to open your own practice, took out even more debt for that. So uh, to you, 90,000 might not be that much, but uh, perhaps it is that much. Because if you felt like I felt, no matter uh, if it's 90,000 for me, but it's 500,000 for you, that still is a burden. Because if I make 50,000 and I'm 90,000 in debt, um, or I make 30 to 40, 50,000 and I'm 90,000 dollars in debt, that's like if I work two, three years and take 100% of my money and pay that off, then I'll be out of debt. But I gotta pay taxes, I gotta have a roof over my head. And so you might make 100,000, but if you're 500,000 in debt, you're in the same position. You're just, we call that broke at a higher level, right? And so when I looked at my situation, I let the math tell me the story, because what a lot of people do is they let their emotions tell the story. I decided to let the math tell the story. And so here's what I decided. I said, because I asked the same questions that many of you asked. I said, should I invest or should I pay off all my debt first? Right. Kind of like some old Dave Ramsey type stuff, what Dave would tell you. Uh, you know, pay off your debt and then invest. And so when I looked at that, I said, you know, I like Dave, good guy. But when I looked at my situation and did the math, here's what I saw. At the end of the month, I believe I had roughly an extra thousand dollars left over. Let's just say I had an extra thousand dollars left over. I basically looked at my life and said, if I'm ninety thousand dollars in debt, that means if I pay my debt off for the next, if I put that $1,000, I'm going to get my calculator out here. If I pay off that $1,000 extra that I have every single month, if I pay that for 12 months, I obviously have paid $12,000 towards debt. Now you divide $90,000 by $12,000. That would have took me seven and a half years. Now I'm not including if I would have got a raise or got a better job or anything like that. Um, that would have been nice, but I'm just saying pure, if I got a thousand dollars every single month to pay towards my debt, I will be out of debt in seven and a half years. That's just shy of a decade, right? Another two and a half years would be a decade. That meant if I didn't go on vacation, that meant if I didn't eat out too much, that meant if my car didn't break down, that just meant nothing else in life going wrong or me wanting to have any other type of fun, that just meant this was the life I was gonna live for the next seven and a half years. And finally, once I paid off that debt, I would have an extra $1,000 now to finally do what I wanted to do, right? And so I I looked at that and I just said, that's, I, you know, I don't, I don't, mm, mm. I don't want to cuss, so I'm not going to cuss. I just caught myself. That's too dang long. That's what I thought, and that's what I felt. I said seven and a half years. I thought, okay, so if I follow the kind of the Dave Ramsey plan, the pay off your debt before you invest plan, I said that's going to take me seven and a half years. And I and that means nothing else can go wrong. I bet I catch a flat tire. I bet not need a repair on my car, nothing. It just better, life better be good for the next seven and a half years. And we all know that that's not likely to happen. 
So you could almost push that seven and a half year plan out to a real 10 years and say it'll happen over the next decade because I'm going to want to take a vacation. Something's going to go wrong on my car. The price of my rent was going to go up. Something was going to happen or just good old inflation. Things cost more than they used to was going to take place over the next seven and a half years. So you might as well just round that up to 10 years. I personally thought, man, there is absolutely no way. I'm going to sit here and just play it safe and just pay my thousand dollars. And then hopefully in 10 years, um, nothing goes wrong. But technically in 10 years, I'm going to need a new car or something anyway. So I'm going to start the whole process all over again. And that doesn't even include wanting to buy a house in 10 years. That doesn't even include trying to come up with a down payment for that in 10 years. So as you can start to see, it got very discouraging just thinking like, oh, I'll just um, <laughs> pay my little extra towards my debt and get out of debt. And then I'll one day, someday invest. All right. So now that's what I mean by let the math do the story. I want you to take a look at your debt and I want you to divide it up by how much extra money you have every single month to go towards that debt. And you will come up with a yearly. Well, when you look at the month, however much you pay per month, I want you to times that by 12 and you and then I want you to divide how much you're in debt by 12. Assuming you pay that much every month for 12 payments, you will come up with the number of how long it will take you to get out of debt if you follow that plan. And so when I looked at that plan for me, it was seven and a half to 10 years. That was way too long, first of all. So let the money guide your decision. Now, here's what I then did. I said, what if I just pay the minimum on my credit card? Well, well, first of all, no, no, that was that was part two B of what I did. Part two of what I did is I just said, all right, what if I took that same thousand dollars? I was already paying my minimum. I had an extra thousand to go towards knocking it down. So then I said, uh, or I was paying a little bit more than the minimum, but I was paying enough to try to chip away at it. But then I started to say, all right, what if I take that same thousand dollars and instead of paying my credit cards down? Now, I don't mean like default go negative, but I mean, instead of putting everything extra on it, like what if I took that same thousand dollars and I got into the stock market? So I started to look at what if I could take one thousand dollars, put it in the stock market and make about $500 a month. Now, some people are going to say that's a 50% return. Well, when you're trading stock options, which is what I learned about way back then, it's totally possible to supercharge your returns and get a 50% return in 30 days. Especially if you're starting with just like a small account, like a thousand bucks. Cause it's like, oh, I just, if I buy, if I buy some type of in the money option for $2, the stock just needs to move $2 and I'll double my money. So depending on what option you're getting uh, and what stocks you're playing with, it's it's relatively simple to double a small amount. It's not as simple to double a large amount because the risk of of like putting a million in and if it doubles to two million, great. But if it doesn't, you lost a million. There's just something that changes the dynamics of the game where you're like, I could lose a million, but I could also make a million. I just don't want to lose a million. But when you only got like a thousand, you're like. I'm willing to risk a thousand to make 500 or a thousand to make a thousand. Does that make sense? You're not usually willing to risk a million to make 500,000 um, because, the, you know, you don't want to lose the actual million. But when you got a thousand, I'm like, OK, if this is true, 
if I could flip a thousand into five hundred, then I would have fifteen hundred month too. And if I could do that again, so basically I was like, if I could do that for twelve months, I would have six thousand extra dollars. That's six thousand dollars that I could drop down on my uh, credit card. That's six thousand dollars I could drop down on my overall debt picture and reduce that money. Plus, I would still have the initial thousand dollars that I was putting towards debt. Does that make sense? So if I was investing that thousand every single month, I would have twelve thousand invested. And if it was making me um, five hundred a month, I would have extra six thousand. But we're not even talking about the magic of what could happen with compounding, meaning I started with a thousand. If I can make five hundred a month with a thousand, that means in two months, even if I didn't put any more money in, I would now have two thousand. So if I could still make roughly the same 50% with 2000, then I would start making $1,000 a month. Now, I know some people listening to this are going to say, but how can you consistently make 50%? That's not the point if you can or can't consistently make 50%. The point is, can my money grow faster to help me pay off the debt? I don't care if it's 10%, 20%. Can my money grow faster than the interest that they're charging me on the credit card to help me pay off this debt? You see, if you understand the numbers, let me just break it down for you. If you understand the numbers, let's just say you have a 19 percent interest rate on your credit card. Well, that 19 percent is your APR. So it's not 19 percent a month. It's 19 percent for the year. That's usually your annual percentage rate. So if you divide 19% by, if you divide 19% by 12, you come up with 0.0158333. Well, if you take that and let's just say you have $50,000 in debt, you times that by 50,000, that means you're going to get charged $791 in interest, $791 in interest. Okay. That's assuming you had $50,000 in debt. You're going to get charged $791 in interest, assuming you're getting charged 19% interest. Okay. So even if you took the thousand and paid it all, put it all on your credit card, really only $209 is going towards paying down the principal balance because they just charged you $791 in interest. Okay. So then I started saying, all right. What if, so if, so if 200, so if you think about it, if $209 is really all that's going towards your principal, you know, can I take this thousand dollars and make two, three, four, five hundred bucks? And then in two months have a thousand dollars that I could put on my credit card plus the original thousand, or could I continue to grow this money faster than the interest rate that they're charging me on my credit card. Now that's assuming you got $50,000 in debt. That's also assuming you got um, a 19% interest rate. Well, what if you could transfer that interest rate? It was just stuff I started to think about. What if I could get another credit card? And this is where rich dad, poor dad starts to make sense. If you want to get out of debt, take on more debt. What if I could apply, assuming your credit's not totally wrecked. What if I could apply for another credit card that offers me a low introductory rate of like 2.9%. And what if I can transfer all that credit to a 2.9% credit card, or if I could do some type of 
home equity loan and transfer all of that high interest debt to a low interest home equity line of credit or a home equity loan um, or transfer to another credit card. If I can get that interest rate down, let's think about it. If I get like, let's say a 2.99% interest rate, and usually they'll give you like an interest rate for a year. So if I'm doing a 2.99% interest rate, if I divide that by 12, now I'm paying 0.0024-9167. Let's just times that by the same 50,000. Now I'm paying $124 in interest. So if I can take on more debt, simply meaning open up a credit card, take out a home equity line of credit on my home and transfer that debt over. Now I've lowered the amount of interest that I'm being charged per month. So if I can lower the amount of interest that I'm being charged a month, now I went from paying like, uh, what did I say, 700 or something, 800 in interest down to paying $124 a month in interest. Now the question is, can $1,000 now make 20%, which would be 200 bucks? Can it make 30%, 300? Now you don't even need to have a 50% return. Now you just need 10, 20%, 30% return, and it'll cover the interest plus start chipping away at the principal, plus you still got the original $1,000. And so I really asked myself, no matter how hard I worked, the the type of job that I had, I would only have about $1,000 every single month to chip away at my debt. But the only way I could find duplicate myself was to now take that thousand dollars and put it in the stock market. If my thousand can make 200 a month, I knew that if I put a thousand in there a month for the next five months, that my 200s would start to make me a thousand dollars a month. And I could spend the next six months making a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. And I still have my initial principal and I'm paying down my debt. So when I looked at that game plan, then I said, now how long would it take for me to pay off my debt? And what would happen if I started the next year? Because if I'm putting a thousand in my brokerage account, my investment account, that's $12,000 at the end of the year that I should have, assuming I didn't lose any money. And if I'm snowballing or compounding my growth, let's just say I make $6,000 with that 12,000. What happens next year if I start off with 18,000? thousand dollars. What happens if I got good at making 20% a month or average 30%, 50% in one year, trading options, trading stocks, really got good at reading charts, understanding when to buy, when to sell. What happens if I really got good and I was able to grow that, like I said, at the end of the year, that 12,000 grew to 18,000, which means I basically grew it about 50%. What would happen if I started the following year with $18,000 and did the same thing? If that grew 50% and I started with $18,000 the following year, plus I'm putting in $1,000 a month still, at the end of the year, I should have $12,000 more that I contributed. I should have my initial $18,000. I'm giving you a perfect scenario, assuming nothing went wrong. So that is... Uh, $40,000, but I also grew the account by 50%. So what would happen if I had an additional fifty dollars to $60,000 just in year two? If I were to take that same game plan and go into year three, 
<laughs> going to year three with the same game plan, right? I'm sure I'll lose a little bit. I'll make some, whatever the case may be, right? It's not a perfect world. But let's assume I go into year three with that same game plan, but I'm going in it with $50,000 and I grow at 50%. At the end of the year, I got 75,000. Plus I'm still putting a thousand dollars in every month to the machine. So that's 12,000 I contributed. I'd be at $87,000 a year. But here's the difference. If I go the route of just paying off my debt, because someone says, well, what if you lose all that money? And it's, it's possible you could lose money, but that's why you got to get the education. You got to know what you're doing. You got to put strategies and stop losses in place and different things like that. But here's the biggest difference. If I go the route of just paying off my debt, I know for sure is guaranteed that I won't get out of this debt situation for another seven and a half to 10 years. I know if I take plan B, that there's a possibility that I can get out of this thing in three years. That was more important to me. It was more important to me to have the possibility of getting out of this thing in three years. And guess what? What if everything on plan B worked out and I was able to get out of debt in three years? Now I have a skill set of learning how to create 20, 30, 40, 50% returns from the stock market. Now, again, that's why I'm starting at 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, because you're not guaranteed any of this. But I like knowing I have the possibility to make that kind of money and get out of debt quickly versus this other route. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I don't really have a chance to speed it up. It's just going to take seven and a half to 10 years to get out of debt. And for me, it was more important to have the possibility of getting out of debt faster, even if it meant I might lose money that I could have put on my debt. To me, it was more important to learn this new skill and be in an arena where I had the opportunity to get out of it faster. Now, some people, the opportunity scares them because some people were brought up, but like, but what if you lose the thousand dollars? See, for me, I was like, if I lose the thousand dollars, I'm just like, well, it's only a thousand dollars. I was more worried about the opportunity to get out of debt in three years than I was worried about well, what if you lose the thousand dollars the first month? It's like, well, it's still going to take me seven and a half years um, to get out. So now it's going to take me seven point six, meaning I just added an extra month to it because I was making an extra thousand a month. So, I mean. What what really did I have to lose if if I could lose money for six months straight and that would take me from seven and a half years to just eight years? That's still a long time. But what if in that six months I learned a new skill? I learned how to have my money work for me and I can start to really see myself chip away at that number. You see, if you follow me on Instagram, for example, I shared with um I shared on Instagram how I took one trade and this was recently. This was um, just this past week on Thursday in 24 hours. I took 24, I think $24,000 it was, and I turned it into $32,000 in 24 hours. 
I had put options on Etsy. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm at Brown Report. You can go see it. We'll probably do the case study, post it on YouTube at some point, but we've already posted it on um, Instagram and we text that potential trade out to all of our members as well. So why am I sharing that with you? I'm sharing that with you because I'm not bringing up these numbers out of thin air. I'm not pulling out these numbers that says that stuff doesn't happen to people. I'm currently not in debt. And I still use the same skills that I used when I was in debt till this day. I took $24,000. I bought 40 put options and I made a hundred, I believe it was 101 or 110% return on the stock falling ticker symbol at C-E-T-S-Y on the stock falling in 24 hours. I bought it on a Thursday, sold it on a Friday and made $32,000 from $24,000. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about when I say, what happens if I put $1,000 away into my trading account? In year one, I got $12,000. But if I learn how to flip it, maybe I have $18,000. And I go into year two and I grow it to $24,000 plus. When I get to year three, I can do stuff like what we just talked about. And it didn't take me six months, didn't take me a year. When you're looking for the right trades or you're waiting for the right trades to come to you, sometimes it can happen in 24 hours like it did for me in that trade. And so should you take all your money and pay off your debt and invest after you pay it off? Or should you start investing with the intent of taking your profits and paying off your debt? I don't know the answer for you because we're all individuals. Some of us don't have the stomach to do that. Some of us knowing that we didn't pay off the credit card debt and we're investing. And if the investment goes wrong, that would keep us up at night or that would ruin your marriage. That would cause a divorce that would cause you and your spouse to fight. So for some people, that is not a risk that they're willing to take. And I get it. I started this off by saying, I'm only going to share with you what I did and my mindset of why I did it. I let the numbers drive my decision. One route guaranteed seven and a half, 10 years and no opportunity to pay it off faster. Another route, I saw a possibility to get out of debt in three years and see the tricky or the funny thing about seeing that possibility to get out of debt in three years is I said, now in two to three years, I can go without taking a vacation. I can go without eating out, spending money recklessly. I think I can make it even three years without my car breaking down, right? So because I saw a path forward, I was more willing to sacrifice because I knew that I could could get with that two to three year plan. I truly believe why most people don't get excited about life, why most people don't invest is because they're on that 10 plus year plan. And you kind of like don't see any hope and you're like, what's the point? It don't matter. I hear people say where it's like, I'm going to be paying that off for the rest of my life. That is the that breaks my heart when I hear people say that, because I I used to hear people say, I'm going to have student loans for the rest of my life. I'm here to tell you that does not have to be the ending of your story. How sad is that? You 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 spend four years getting a degree. You spend 40 years working for somebody else 
And also during those 40 years, plus the rest of your life, you're going to spend it paying off student loans. Like, oh, my God, that is a no wonder people are depressed. No wonder people don't have hope. No wonder people aren't excited. No wonder people are suicidal. I mean, that's depressing to me. And so I couldn't I, I couldn't I couldn't rock. I couldn't rock with that plan. I couldn't rock with that plan. I had my eyes locked on the possibilities and the opportunity. So for me, I let the numbers drive me. So what I would encourage you to do as we wrap this up is run the numbers. Ask yourself, how much money do I have to invest and how much money do I have to if if I put towards my debt? Meaning if I put the extra towards my debt, what happens if I just paid the bare minimum so that I don't go behind on my credit cards? What happens if I look at consolidating it, move it to a lower interest rate and paid the minimum and took all the extra and instead of dumping it down on debt, what if I took all the extra and learned a new skill and started to have my money make money for me? And now that money, instead of going out to debt and it never comes back to me, what happens if that money goes out into the stock market, brings back more money, bring back more friends to the party. And then we send some of those friends that came back to the party over there to pay off debt. But I still got the initial party starter money. Does that make sense? Those are the questions I want you to ask yourself. I want you to walk through the numbers. And here's what some people may say. Well, Jason Brown, I don't know how to do that. So you also have to bake in the time that it might take to learn the new skill. So it might take you six months to learn a new skill. You might have to go in debt, purchasing a course, purchasing some information. You might have to go in time debt. What's time debt? Meaning turn off the TV, turn off Netflix and start studying, reading books, watching YouTube videos, whatever the case may be, whether you buy a course or try to learn it for free, you're going to have to pay some type of price. You're going to go in debt somewhere, meaning you're going to have to cut the TV off and sacrifice there. You're going to have to sacrifice some cash, either pay to learn it quickly or be part of a community. You're going to have to sacrifice somewhere. And I think that's what Rich Dad meant by if you're in debt, go into more debt, but make sure it's good debt. Make sure you're going in debt the same way you went in debt to go into school, go into debt to learn a new skill that can more than pay off school. Go into debt and take money and put it to work and first learn how to generate a consistent ROI. You can do that with a practice account, a paper trading account. And once you have proven the skill, then take the money you've been setting aside Instead of paying on your credit card, now you're ready to put it to work and see if you can consistently now make that money with real money versus your fake account. My point is you want to have a game plan for doing this. You don't want to just come in willy nilly and say, all right, I think I'm going to do that. You want to practice. You want to learn. You want to practice what you applied in a safe environment, meaning a virtual account or a practice account. And then once you got a track record of making 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 percent, you can start to say, OK, I think I'm ready. Now, let me put that money, that thousand dollars I've been putting aside. Now, let me put that in the market and see if I can have that help me uh, start to consistently make that money in the real world. Now, I'm outside of my virtual trading account. So let the numbers drive you. Think about which one would be more beneficial for you and your family, which one won't break up your marriage, which one won't keep you up at night. I just know for me. Being on a seven and a half to 10 year plan, it just, it kept me up at night. It kept me up at night. And when I got 
when I realized how powerful the stock market was and how it could cut that time down, it kept me up at night before a different reason. It kept me up at night because I was excited. It kept me up at night because I was researching stocks. I couldn't wait for the market to open next day because every trade, every stock, I was like, ooh, I'm going to be out of debt someday. Not someday. I'm going to be out of debt in three years. Then I started saying, let me see if I can speed it up. Can I place more trades and get better at this and get out of debt in two and a half years? But I knew that I would. my day was coming where I would say, I don't owe anybody else any more. And that path was just too exciting to not go down. So I hope this has been helpful in wrapping your brain around that tough question of should you pay off all your debts, then invest, or should you invest while you're paying off your debt? And remember, there's no wrong answers. There's only math equations and time frames and risk reward. Right. You already do your math. See what that path's going to take you. Just paying off your debt. Do the math and say, if I can earn 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent, whatever percent you comfortable thinking you can earn, do the math and say, how would that impact the speed in which I can pay off that debt? And then the only other question is now, how do I learn the skill to do that? How do I learn the skill to make 10 percent? How do I learn the skill to make 20 percent? How do I get around those trades that could potentially produce 50 percent in 24 hours? They don't come every day. But guess what? You don't need them every day. You don't need them every day. When I make money like that in 24 hours, it was thirty two thousand dollars in 24 hours. Somebody who makes a fifty thousand dollar a year salary, that's that's half the year. So you don't need them to happen every day. Now I only need it to happen one more time. That's twice a year. And that's a yearly salary. Or if you're in debt and you're $90,000 in debt, you only need that to happen three times out of 365 days. That's powerful stuff. Let me know in the comments. I want to know what you're thinking about. Are you thinking about investing to get out of debt? Or are you thinking about paying off your debt? What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? I want to know. Let me know in the comments. Thanks for listening. And I'm signing off saying, You never go broke taking a profit. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you're ready to learn how to have your money work hard for you instead of you working hard for it, then I want you to join us inside Power Trades University. Power Trades University is my group coaching program where we look for real trades in the real market every week for two hours live. It's all recorded and timestamped in case you can't make it live. You also have access to my amazing community of traders, plus access to all of my best selling stocks and option courses and even my master classes. Just head on over to www.powertradesuniversity.com. Once again, just head on over to www.powertradesuniversity.com and I'll see you on the inside.